Food, finance, and politics, and basically whatever I want to talk about. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wiseology. We have a special guest today, uh, a good friend of mine and a member of the upper elite, if not the elite, in the world of American pizza. Oh, stop that. Oh, here we go. So <laughs> uh, please welcome my friend and, and pizza guru, Paulie G. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm honored. It's, it's always great talking with you. Now we get to let everybody else hear what our conversation is like. Well, if everyone is out of Ambien, now's the time to tune in. <laughs> um, Paulie, so everyone, I think most people in the pizza world know um, how you gravitated towards pizza. I'd like to focus on your current state in, in the world of pizza. You know, you left the professional world, you're in pizza. Now that you've been in pizza for at least, I don't know what, eight years? No, 10 years, seven months, uh, one week, and maybe two weeks. All right, I'll March have to 9th, fire my research team. <laughs> March 9th, okay, <laughs> close enough. Um, so now that you're you're like fully immersed, your family's fully immersed, um, tell us about the world of pizza today as you see it. Well, I, I learned a lot over those years and, um, you know, about what works, what doesn't, why things work. Um, right now, nothing works because people are afraid to step out of the house. But, you know, other than that, um, it's, it's evolving. You know, when, when I first opened up, um, we opened up a wood fire place and um, it went very well. Uh, but what learned over the years with me and my friends um, in different cities is that when you when you talk pizza, you're talking takeout and delivery, and, and you have to have that element. I didn't have that element for a long time because I didn't like the way uh, it traveled. But um, I, I have more of a focus on um, you know like a, a New York style slice shop uh, or similar pies that travel well. Um, because um, because that's what people want, and I want to put out a quality product. But more importantly, what I'm learning is um, through the opening of the slice shop, which I had an absolute ball doing, is um, people want more than pizza. I mean, everybody wants pizza, but if you have something that's more than pizza, um, you're going to do well. In my case, my slice shop, it was a labor of love, and what I created was something that, that I, I always um, equate to vinyl okay um vinyl is very popular now i still say it's a fad but we could talk about that another time uh but there are people that see my slice shop that are my age or a little younger and they want to go because of that you know i play i play music that's from that era there are people that want to reach back into their youth and, and and experience that and at the same time and that's the same thing with vinyl records and at the same time there are younger people who want to experience what people like, you know, people my age experience, and, and they want to go because of that. So we're offering people more than just pizza, you know, and that, that's what I've learned, and I hope to do a lot more of that. Uh, you had mentioned earlier the quality of pizza, and I wanted to get into I wanted to get into that with you a little because there is a lot of mediocrity and pedestrian product out there, and I don't want to focus on that. 
But I want to talk about what makes the better or the best pizzas what they are. In addition to the the, the craftsmen and the, and the uh, pizzaioles that, that that make the pizza, I wanted to talk a little about the ingredients uh, because I think there's a wide range of ingredients that that um, operators use, um, and it's easy to choose the cheap crap, um, but that's also reflected in the product. And I just wanted to get into that with you, um, you know, how you source goods uh, for your for your product and, um, you know, what you share with other pizza makers, certainly that I know, um, but that, you know, maybe some of the stories that you've experienced in, in trying to source different items and the challenges and the ease of doing, doing such sourcing. Well, the, the most important thing for me, uh, and I'm going to work backwards, I'm going to use the slice shop as an example is simplicity. Okay. It's, it's not the, the quality. It is the quality ingredients. I use great tomatoes right now. I'm using tomato magic. I absolutely love it. Right. I use grande cheese, but that's all I use. People are putting different things in their sauce. They're putting oregano, this and that. Hey, cheese pizza. Okay. is grande cheese, whole milk and, and pot skim, uh, blended together. We, uh, shred it ourselves. We were using the shredded stuff, but it, it, it's not as, it, it gets too oily. And, and, and uh, tomatoes, I don't even let, you know, they want to put, you know, the guys that work with me, they want to put salt in it. It's not, you know, it doesn't need anything. There's salt in the cheese. I let those two things work together, and that's it. So I've always kept it simple, and I always balance ingredients. Uh, over in the, um, you know, in our wood fire place, I've, I've always, Done my best to use the best quality ingredients. I, you know, my hot supersada and my uh, guanciale I always got from Sala Maria Palese. If you open up a poly cheese, you're going you're gonna to use those things um, because they're high quality. And it's just, you know, I just keep it simple. Let's talk about the restaurant industry inside New York City and what it's like to be a restaurant operator and owner. Well, for me, it's been very easy. I design... I design restaurants that make me happy. I operate them in a way that makes me happy. I was in the corporate world for the longest time, and I'm always hearing about, oh, we have to have a staff meeting, this and that. I hate staff meetings, so I don't have staff meetings. You know, in this age of technology, there's no reason why I have to pull people in on a day off to do stuff. Um, and I just, you know, I, I love to talk to people, so that's what I do. I'm there. I'm very fortunate, by the way, because not everybody loves to talk to their guests. Okay, and I do. I have a curiosity about people. I like to meet people. I like to share my views with them, and I think that that's really been an important part of what I do. And not everybody call it an industry. First of all, I I can't. I I call it a community because I I think the people that that do do well and enjoy it are people who are in a community and not in an industry. Uh, I, I used to hate to go to the pizza extra because it seemed like this big industry thing. And as time went on, that's kind of changed. And there are more and more people who are more, you know, less industry like. But um, the, the people who are doing it because they love it, they, it, does, it doesn't feel like a business. It's not a business to me. I'm a, I'm a restaurateur. I'm not a, you know, not a pizzeria owner or whatever. Um, and you look around and the people who are doing that, I think, you know, do well and get a lot of respect. Yeah, actually, Paulie, I mean, I, I can appreciate the way you, you work a room and, you know, you can sometimes uh, power a small municipality with the, the amount you talk. But, um, and I and I appreciate 
the storytelling that goes along with all the conversation. But I want to get into this COVID thing. This is killing me. I mean, we could, we could tie the two things together. Yeah. I feel like my business has been, you know, ripped out of me. Okay. I go in, I, I can't even get people to go into, they, they say that we could have 18, you know, 18 seats out of my 70 seat place, right? I can't even fill the 18 seats. People don't want to come out. It's like, you know, I always enjoy playing music for people, talking to them. They're not there. And, and oh, it's like they want to sit outside in the cold. They'd rather sit outside in the cold than go in where we've taken every precaution. Me, I'm 67 years old. I've been sitting in my restaurant since July every night. People do come in. They were coming in before we had indoor dining. And and here I am. And I'm okay. So let, let me ask you a question, Paulie, because I, and I know you don't like talking about politics, so I'm not going to steer it that way. Why do you think why do you think people are so afraid? Because they've been told to be afraid. And, and more than that, I, I'm going to say that people are embracing being afraid. It, it's like it's a culture to be afraid to be very careful. It's almost celebrated, okay? They're starting to put up Taj Mahal's on the streets. And people are, you know, people are going out and going to these places. I think it really is a culture to, to be part of this. And there's no need to. Um, there's so much evidence out there that it's safer, okay? Is it completely safe now? No. But it's so much safer. Since the end of June, Long Island, you know, Nassau County, Suffolk County, Westchester County, Rockland County, the four counties surrounding New York, you know, they've been at 50% since that time, no spikes whatsoever. And, and so why are people afraid? Why, you know, why did the 25%? It, it's people, it's, it's you know, you, and I don't want to get into the politics of it, but, but people are embracing it. They really are. Yeah, I, I think there are a lot of people here who have jobs that don't have to work now, okay? If they work, they work from home, and, and, and they don't want to go back to work. They don't want to go back to what it was before if they don't have to, and they want the government to pay the bill for it, okay? Everybody's complaining, oh, you're not, you're not stepping up and helping the business owners. The best way to help restaurant owners is to let them operate their restaurants safely. So let okay? me ask you a question. You, you, you bring up a good point, and you talk about people don't want to work. Um, I happen to know that there's a large... I mean, a tremendous amount of the uh, five boroughs in New York City are are employed by the hospitality industry in one way, shape, or form. A lot of them are front of house and back of house workers. Um, I would think, and common sense would dictate, that part of getting the economy rolling again would be get these people back to work. I mean, these people need Absolutely. to work. Absolutely. There's 63, what, what was the number? 163,000 restaurant workers out of work. 163,000. Okay. Uh, but, and then when, you, then when you encourage people to come to your restaurant, it's safe, come in, you know, we're doing everything we can. And, and, and people, you know, they'll make comments if I'm on social media. They'll make comments like I'm being irresponsible. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to save this city. Let me tell you something. Without restaurants, this city doesn't survive. The genie's already out of the bottle. People are not going back to offices. If I own a business and I don't have to pay Manhattan rent and I can make my company work just as well or you know pretty close to it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, bring my people back. I'm gonna let them work from home. Not to mention the fact that it's not super safe at times when it used to be super safe to to 
to go to work. You didn't think about that kind of thing. Now people think about it. So that's an added element on top of the, the, the um, exorbitant rents. Yeah, you know, and, you know, you go on the trains, you know, the trains, there aren't many people on the trains. I, I just don't, without restaurants, you know, these restaurants who were supported by people in, in business areas, in Fidei and Midtown Manhattan, um, they're losing all of those people. And, and people, as long as there are, you know, people are not going to come to New York City to, to sit out in the street in the cold or go to their hotel room and get, and get soggy takeout food. They're not coming. They're not even opening up the theaters until June. They're killing this city, okay? And, and, and the restaurant hospitality is at the heart of all of it. And I just don't understand why they're willing to do that. Um, yeah, well, that's for another time, and you and I can talk about that privately, I guess, because we don't <laughs> want to we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, I mean, I want to go down that rabbit hole with you, but I know how you feel, so I don't. No, wanna... no, I'm not going any further than I just did. But you know, I laid it all out there, just the facts, and nobody's reporting. They talk about spikes. Okay, there's no spikes. Look at the data every day. I post the data every day on my my Instagram and my Facebook pages now. There's no spikes. You know, they say the word spike and people have an imagination. They don't know. Until they look at the numbers, they find out that things, you know, it's not not bad. Okay? Well, but whatever. Listen, Paulie, but let's when, put that when, another hole. All right. Well, just to wrap that up, when the mayor of New York City says there's no rush to, to reopen the restaurants because not everyone can afford to eat in them, that says enough. You don't yeah, need to they, say anything, know, okay? And the problem is, is that most of the restaurant workers that I know, including the owners, are not in the top 1%, and they need those jobs to pay their bills. Oh, I'm, I'm going to tell you something else, too. I'm going to tell you where else the problem is, and I, I started seeing it. It's not only, The restaurant owners, I think, want to open, but the staffs don't want to open. I, I went by a restaurant, okay, who, you know, they have all outdoor dining, but it was a cold night. It was a rainy night. And and they had seats inside. They could put 25%. I said, how do you do inside tonight? Uh, this is the manager, I guess, I was talking to. Oh, no, we, you know, we're just doing takeout and delivery. I said, but you could have 20 Oh, no, we're not doing that until it's safe, okay? So, I, you know, I think that there there are restaurant staffs that don't want this to happen, and they're comfortable the way things are. And that that doesn't help either. And, and like I said, it's almost like a it's a it's a culture. It's you know, it's I, a culture. I, I can appreciate that. And I also, you know, being a former restaurateur, I can appreciate the staffing issues under normal circumstances, let alone uh, uh, a pandemic. And I, I will tell you that there are good people out there willing to work. So some of these restaurateurs have to make a choice: loyalty versus keeping their doors open and those are economic decisions that only they can make based on their own circumstances like the same as, as you do um, absolutely you know you, you you have to keep the, you have to keep the place open so that these people have have jobs right and you know people aren't going to come in you know if you're not going to let them come in how are they going to still have a job all right you're 100 percent right let's move on to a more fun topic okay like I said, a broken clock is right twice a day. They're eventually going to be right. But in the meantime, they're a bowl of wrong. Hey, 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 hey. Okay. Hey, 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 hey
Basically, whatever I want to talk about. 